Welcome to the Coffee, Cameras, and Content Podcast, podcast dedicated towards all things camera, technology, content creation, content strategies. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about influencers on YouTube and YouTubers retiring and quitting, mainly due to the fact that within the past month, Matty Hapoja, Parker Wallback, Matt Pat, and Tom Scott have all quit YouTube. May not seem like a big deal, but it is. These guys have tens of millions of subscribers that constantly follow them, and a lot of these guys have been around for over 10 years. I mean, Parker Wallback and Matty Hapoja, a little bit newer. Matty Hapoja started with Travel Feels, and then it turned into Tutorials, and then it turned into his daily vlog channel, and then it just turned into a vlog channel, and uh, he met Peter McKinnon. Peter McKinnon talked about him. He got famous that way. And then there's Parker Wallback, right? The guy that started with Devin Supertramp and from there uh, created full-time filmmaker. And we're all familiar with the tutorials. If anyone has picked up a camera, has done camera stuff, they've definitely heard of Parker Wallback, assuming that they've been to YouTube University, if you will. I think it's not only personal reasons behind this, but definitely the current state of content creation. Maybe not so much for Parker Wallbeck, because from the very beginning, he had spoken about this is a business venture, he's an entrepreneur, and this is something he's doing with a business endeavor. So that was arguably going to happen no matter what at some point in time. And even a year, year and a half ago, he said that he wasn't going to be actively producing FTF content, and it wasn't going to be nearly what it was, um, but all the classes would stay up. So as he started to take that step back, you know, yet again, writing was on the wall. For Matty Hapoja, it's very similar. He had talking about taking a step back, maybe a year. And he even continually says, like, I'm taking a year off. And is it a year off or are you retiring? We don't know that yet. So that's definitely interesting. But um, Tom Scott, Matt Pat, Matt Pat, I know that he said something along the lines of he had had work first over anything over the past decade with him and his wife because his wife helps with the channel too apparently on the production end i'm not uh, i'd never watched uh, game theory or any of the theory channels i wasn't really a fan uh same thing with tom scott i never watched him i was more so by the time i got into youtube i was mainly focused on content creation video tech and you know that that world was spinning up very quickly showing people how to produce content and um gear reviews right but i think the current state of content realistically is not in a good place and that's due to up to a couple of years ago people did youtube because they liked making videos like this they liked having conversations and being open air and that's that's what i try to do when i make these videos and when i make any gear review videos right i i went through the trouble of trying to do this with real estate back when i was a real estate agent and it's incredibly hard to make videos week in week out with something you're not passionate about. So it takes passion to get you to the point to even do YouTube. And there was a general authenticity and being genuine about it, right? As opposed to now where, you know, influencers and YouTube YouTubers were laughed at for a decent chunk of time. And then all of a sudden it, it came out like a couple of years ago before the pandemic, right? Arguably right before the pandemic that there was money in it um, and money can be made. And these guys aren't just YouTubers. They refer to themselves as business owners, and they have a business that they're running. They generate really good income from it. 
That is part of the problem is that business owners now see that and want to be content creators. And what happens when business approaches anything is that it tries to dumb things down and make them scalable. When it comes to content creation, if you're making something that's genuine and authentic and high quality, it is not scalable or repeatable. It is more akin to a Ferrari as opposed to a Toyota Corolla, right? Everything's like handmade. And nowadays with AI, people think that you can take a long form video and chop it up and, you know, Opus Clips is cool and you can do that to take long form and then generate short form if you don't feel like doing the short form end. But to create a long form piece of content, assuming that you're doing a podcast, that still is yet again a repeatable action because you're just cutting from camera to camera and you have multiple mics. However, processing the audio, putting on the color grade, and then adding things in to refine that video podcast is you know a little bit more daunting. Now, when it comes to a traditional talking head or corporate talking head video or a YouTube video, that's something that's a little bit harder to do. Obviously, you have the repeatable action of talking, but then you need to come up with B-roll, then you need to shoot the B-roll, either that or you're using stock footage and your stock footage is literally going to be the same thing that everyone else uses, which AI can now do by overlaying just generic B-roll that's uncopyrighted, unlicensed. And, you know, it is kind of scalable assuming you have the time but in order to like truly dial things in and to be present with everybody you know there's certain aspects of it that can be and and cannot be and that's the problem is businesses try to automate and make things as scalable as possible and plug and play and it creates very repetitive generic content especially with the current state of the way that content and media works is like you have really over edited transitions everywhere, film overlay and things like that, that kind of come in cycles. And we're in one of those cycles where everything is very over edited and sleek and stylish. And it generally stays for anywhere from two to five years and then we go back to clean cuts and clean colors and dark and moody. And that'll come in for about another four to five years. And then something else, the newest trend will happen. And then we go back to the classical, timeless, clean cuts, good colors, uh, well thought out stuff. Um, the current state of content is doing all those transitions. And um, I think it's generally due to the emergence of vertical content mainly stemming from TikTok and IG. You had a bunch of low-level individuals that were trying to get popular once like, once the pandemic happened and they unlocked the algorithm to really push any and all content because back in 2019, it was more of a pay-to-play type of model. You weren't going to get organic reach unless you, you paid for stuff more advertisement. That's not really organic reach, but they had gotten to a place where like the virality factor was like, if you want to get followers quickly, you better pay some money for advertisements because of course they're going to do that because they want to make money because they're a giant soulless corporation. And I'm talking about meta specifically. And then TikTok comes along and has like a relatively open algorithm and suddenly anyone can go viral and the rat race to doing short form content is on. Though arguably short form does not yield nearly as much income as long form. And what we've seen lately, uh, yet again, we, we do have an oversaturation of content and a major degradation of quality. And we've all seen the 720 
podcast reels where people are doing over Zoom that are captioned and they have B-roll and then they have flashy transitions and push-ins and push-outs or the smooth zooms, if you will. And like everything is just kind of conglomerated and thrown together and it becomes a head spin because it's it's very, quote unquote, like aesthetically appeasing and it's the thing to do for a period of time because it's giving the cheap dopamine hits. And even more so, the, the algorithm has seemed to favor it for a while. And yet again, Q4 of 2023, it, it appears that that kind of content is starting to go down. There's still definitely opportunity to make that kind of content, though, um, as we move out of the pandemic era, uh, we will move back into some kind of normality with all this technology that's been added. And yet again, it, it's going to come down to things are going to go back to the basic clean cut, not basic, but more clean edits that look really good with not nearly as many motion graphics, not transitions. If they are going to be transitions, I guarantee seamless transitions are going to make a comeback because those things go well with clean cuts, mainly because a seamless transition really is just two clean cuts masked together. And it looks so flawless and like it didn't even happen that it's very fluid and feels more organic, far more organic than the jarring transitions that are being thrown on videos right now. Um, right now, too, the barrier to entry has been severely lowered. That means the quality is going to drop with it, which comes with that, you know, that that quality degradation. So you have like young people out on Instagram and TikTok that have really no business coaching people on how to create things, but then they're literally selling coaching services and even more so like coaching services within a very specific field. I think I've literally seen like two 18 to 20 year olds talking about how to do real estate and get more listings and that they can coach them into doing it with content and, you know, you asked a question, have you ever even done real estate? And the answer is no, 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 they haven't. They don't really know what it takes in order to make good content for real estate. Anyone can make the generic stuff, but doing an actually good market update, doing your own neighborhoods within, uh, within specific neighborhoods and just doing far above and beyond what other real estate agents are doing. Cause the problem with real estate is everyone in that industry is very cheap or at least the majority of them are, and they're not looking to put in quality content or quality time. They're just looking to do as least amount of work as possible, pay the least amount of money as possible and get the maximum amount of return. So yet again, you do have this barrier to entry thing where some people even think that they can do it themselves and they pay over 2K for a camera. They don't learn anything about it. They keep it in auto mode. They keep it on standard profile because they don't know how to use log. They try to find a cheap editor overseas and the quality of the content comes out very poorly. And that's because these people think that the camera is what produces this image, which is only like truly maybe 30% of the equation, right? And I think the other piece of it is definitely going to be the color grade in post, but the majority of it's going to be the lighting and the CRI levels when you look at skin tones and how accurate those CRI levels are and where they're sitting within false colors and how to expose properly. And then also on top of that, you have a key light, you have the other lights, you have a hat light, or excuse me, a, a rim light uh, and a hair light. And um, you have practical lights, 
really you just want it to look good. And that's the whole thing that I try to do with, with all my content is I want it to look believable. I want it to look good and cinematic. And I want to make sure that my color grade is on point when I go into it, because I'm not just going to slap on a phantom LUT and call it a day. One of the things I did when I originally started with this whole process of learning video was I really dialed in on learning color because it's going to be one of the major things that sets you apart with specific looks. A lot of people have not done that. Um, and there's a general feeling of being apathetic towards learning lighting and towards learning audio. And those are arguably more important than the camera. And it's, it's truly led to where we are now. And that's, you know, yet again, TikTok made being an influencer attainable to anyone. You know, over on IG, they had to unlock their algorithm for a period of time. And uh, they're back to the pay to play model. So you have to pay in order to get like circulation throughout the algorithm, though they say they don't and that their algorithm serves up what's best suited for somebody. But, you know, I, I currently I, I get a lot of cool stuff, but I get a lot of repetitive stuff. I'll literally get one version of a video with a sound to it, with some captions and some cool cuts. And then I get like five other videos with that same template and generic structure served up to me. And it's like, Jesus Christ. And um, there are people that have caught on to that and they they quote unquote like make it scalable and they turn it into a business model and the encroachment of business owners into the world of content has really led to this too um, where they try to make a business model out of their content and use it beyond just a form of advertisement for their for their own business they're trying to get to that level of virality where they can monetize off their youtube channel where they can do sponsorship deals where they can get advertisement spots on whatever it is they do because they're like oh that's another avenue of income and i'm glad that we're moving back to more of the clean style cuts and what takes more professional work um, more curated content uh, according to various sources have said that in Q4 of 2023, those have been performing better than the really dulled down content that you see, which is good because, you know, yet again, you do really good stuff over and over and over again, but you make it original and authentic. It's only a matter of time before you get picked up by somebody and they start sharing your stuff. You know, when I come across a smaller creator that's doing really good work. I have like a group chat with my buddies that I send stuff to. I'm like, yo, check this out. Um, and that's the type of content that really the platform was based off of and all the platforms on social media was based off of. And yet again, business owners and corporations have come in and turned it into a way to monetize, which was good for the artists originally, but all of a sudden they all, all these other business owners want their hand in that stake and they want it. And they create these really dumbed down videos with nothing but like trendy effects and captions and oh my god man even more so i think what scares me too is like all the talk with ai in the world of content creation i don't think ai is ever truly going to replace an editor it might replace like the underlings of editors like you know currently i'll have someone put together uh, the majority or the bulk piece. And then I come in and, you know, from there, I either like what I'm seeing or I have to like tear it apart piece by piece. And the process of wrapping up an edit can literally be between a half hour to four to five hours. Um, cause sometimes I'll get the editor who brings the stuff back and I still have to pay them for work, but it's like, it ain't good, man. It ain't good. And I got a time frame to cut to, but 
AI will will take over some of that stuff where it like puts together pieces and that that'll be cool. In essence, it's just kind of like a lead editor will oversee everything and then make all the polish at the end where the bulk work gets chunked in by AI. And that's I think that's perfectly fine. Same thing with color grading. They've had like the quote unquote like AI color matching shots and like those are great, but those don't anchor down the skin tones. They don't anchor down the blacks either. So then it creates this really not great look where like the blacks have like color shifts in them and it's not appealing and there's just like a it looks like somebody put on a really cheap filter that's putting a color cast on everything and color grading is not that simple and maybe ai will get to a point where it can replicate that i'm sure it will but it's really going to be up to you to choose the final look what they're talking about with ai and social media is in essence, like AI altering pieces of the content to quote unquote, like suit you and your needs and like what's apparent to you and what you care about. And that sounds like such a dystopian future wasteland and something completely out of black mirror that it scares me because your thoughts and attitudes will not be challenged and everything will be custom tailored to you and your world and you'll never have a true human experience where your viewpoints are challenged or where you know someone does something that's really good in a video but then someone also does something that you really don't like and it's going to take that away and it's going to take the authenticity of viewing away and it's not going to be genuine and then like I, I typically when someone bends to like the way I I like talk and discuss, I, I notice that they're not being themselves. And like I immediately will not like that person because I'm not getting an authentic and genuine experience. And I feel the same when it comes to this. But big tech keeps pushing it. And that's what, you know, people keep imagining. And there's there's nothing more terrifying than an, an artist like, let's say, Post Malone was talking about it and he was talking about, oh, man, artists just aren't going to be able to compete and there's nothing going to be more more personalized than an experience of a Post Malone song written about your life situation and in the specific beats per minute that you like. And like, that's true to a certain extent, but I don't think that's good. I don't think it's good at all. I don't think like it's authentic. And then also on top of that, when I get a song and I'm I call a friend and I'm like, yo, have you heard that? And then but like that's not going to happen. And that shareability when it comes to content creation, I think, is far more important than having something custom tailored for me, because shareability is like what makes art and content relevant. If I can't share something, why do I why do I care about it? And right now, like the current state of content is definitely like reflecting that we have like user generated content to the point where people will be on like streaming you can like pay them to say specific things. And like, that is the weirdest thing in the world. And we keep seeing more and more of it. And uh, there are people that like really rip on specific parts and like, that's good. I think if there aren't like negative comments within like a content or a comment section, that there's something incredibly wrong because every piece of content should not be for everyone, but people should still consume it. And when people hear that this other thing's good, it should not be custom fit for that individual to make them think it's good because that's just weird man and it's like people pleasing and no one likes somebody that goes around just people pleasing everybody they have no backbone they have nothing and i think the same thing will translate to content because something that's had a lot of effort and work put into it you know whether someone's within that specific genre or not it's going to show that it's like authentic and genuine and people are digging it and liking it and sharing it 
And you can't do that with that kind of content. But what I'd say is this, is like current state of content is moving towards that dystopian future. You know, will the masses continue to go along with it? Probably not. I'd say right now, more than ever, like if you have like if you're genuine and you're authentic, take to social media platforms and immediately start creating content because the authentic and genuine content may take time to catch on and it may take longer to gain a following base off of. But once it starts rolling, it starts rolling. And the things that come along with that, I mean, look at it this way. You have something that you should be sharing with the world that you're not. And then you have all these other people that are sharing messages that are unauthentic. And they're they're literally like poaching other people's content with these reaction videos like Sniper Wolf and like the use of AI. And it's just kind of disgusting that these people are using other content to gain views. Um, that's wild to me. But if you take to it, you're authentic and you're genuine and you keep going with it, I think it's only a matter of time before you get picked up and you find your tribe. To that, I'd say, go ahead, keep creating. Keep being you above all else. And with that, that's the end of this coffee break.